you know, we, our model is about creating an environment where we have engaged, happy staff. There's a real opportunity to take our industry and the BPO business and spread it across the world. Contact centre and customer experience um, absolutely is a career. Hi, welcome back to the Irish Pod, where we're looking at trends, predictions for 2024 in the CX space. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Dave Darcy, industry expert, and um, looking after a really exciting venture uh, around BPOs in a location that probably isn't your kind of usual location for BPOs, right? I think it's going to come as a bit of a surprise to people, Tom, to be honest with you. Um, it's a very different location. Um, uh, I'm doing some work with an organization called uh, QSOL, who are a subsidiary company of an American healthcare business called OnQ. Um, and they have a, an, an operation in uh, a city about two and a half mile, two and a half hours away from Nairobi in Kenya. Um, and we have launched here at Expo the, the UK to that to the UK market, um, and uh, and I've, I'm pleased to say that I'm going to be leading the, the business development element of that um, over over the coming uh, months and hopefully beyond. Um, it's a very very new location for BPO, and it's a very different location, and there's some really great quality reasons for going there. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to telling people all about it. Excellent. Well, we're going to dig in. Um, but this this episode, the theme is about locations. Yeah. And we've been talking about AI. We've been talking about um, agent experience and all of these different topics, um, economic topics. Th this one, location. And it feels like BPOs in particular have started to expand into um, overseas. Obviously, uh, South Africa is a big um, place for for outsourcing partly because of the time zone mm. um we're seeing emergence into the, the caribbean and um, other markets over there to service the u.s market so so kenya why has that not been done before um what's the kind of rationale behind that location um i i think there are there are a couple of businesses that have been have gone there that have started in kenya i think you're right in what you say that traditionally south africa was the location um, on the continent and uh, and yeah absolutely the rationale behind that is that the time zone is really convenient for the UK market um, it's a great help from that point of view I think one of the challenges that comes with South Africa right now is that it's become saturated there are uh, more uh, BPO organizations in South Africa than I could probably count um, and you know from different scale from the really big guys in the industry down to some small and excellent independent organizations um, but it is a difficult market to, to get into there now because of how saturated it is. And there's a, a big attrition problem because there are so many opportunities for contact center agents and team leaders and managers to be able to move to other organizations literally on their doorstep. So we, we started to look at, at Kenya as a location um, because uh, we still have the benefit of that time zone. Um, uh, it, it, it still sits just one hour time difference from, from the UK. Um, also because we as a business try not to locate ourselves in, um, in capital cities uh, anywhere in the world. So for example, we currently have operations um, in Panama in a place called Santiago. So we've avoided uh, Panama City. Um, in India, in uh, Hyderabad. So again, we've avoided the, the main stays in the contact center world of places like uh, Bangalore, Delhi, Mumbai, and and, uh, and Pune. 
Um, and so when we've come to Kenya, we've said, uh, okay, we're going to um, we're going to avoid Nairobi. We're about two and a half hours away from Nairobi, and that gives us the opportunity to share the the, the opportunity with people who um, are very well educated. It's a, a university city, um, so we've got great skills, great staff abilities, great availability to staff. Um, but on top of that, we're giving those people an opportunity in employment that they would have to travel out away from their families two and a half hours to Nairobi to get. So we're going to be in a position where we're going to have a great level of, of retention of our of our agents, which is a great help to us. Um, and we're also going to be in a position where we're going to be able to give those people a really genuine career opportunity within QSOL for, for many years to come. And the other thing that's really worthy of saying on the matter is, is that um, you know, one of the challenges that I think exists within the BPO market in the traditional locations, South Africa, India, Philippines and the like, um, is that... These have, by virtue of time and, 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 and local culture, are very tell environments. The management style in these environments is very, uh, you know, this is what you have to do, do it. Um, we want to try something different. We want to have an environment that's truly uh, about engaging our employees, engaging people to feel that they understand the value of the business, that they understand the purpose of what the business is trying to achieve, that they recognize that we have trust in them and therefore they can trust us. Um, my favorite question to staff is always, what would you do if it was your business? Um, and that's the ethos that we want to bring up. And starting in a brand new location gives us the opportunity to do that from the ground up, whereas being in one of the more traditional locations, perhaps less so. Excellent. And um, how much of this is an economic uh, decision, both in terms of, well, let's start with the clients that you, mm -hmm. you know, will attract to, uh, to base operations out of there. Is this about simply um, driving down cost, or is this something where actually that's not a factor? I mean, look, cost is always a factor. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Um, the, the, the cost to our clients um, at, for, for QSOL in Kenya um, will be very comparable to what clients will be paying currently in South Africa or India or indeed the Philippines. So, you know, we'll go straight to the number. Um, we're going to be looking in and around uh, the, the £10 an hour per agent hour. So there is a cost benefit there, absolutely, uh, for, for our clients. There is naturally economic value in us being in a location like, like Kenya. But then, you know, we haven't chosen that location for that reason. We've chosen that location because of the skills that exist in Kenya yeah. really, really help our market. From a client perspective, we can offer absolutely first-class English language and English accent, which is something that some of those other locations struggle with. Um, in addition to that, as I've already touched on, you know, we, our model is about creating an environment where we have engaged, happy staff that are bought into what we're achieving and bought into to our client base. Um, and so what people will benefit by coming to Kenya from is that they will get a cost-efficient, high-quality service with a partner that has bought into their ethos and vision. Broader speaking in terms of location or outsourcing or even you know in-house contact center operations, you mentioned accent. There's some solutions out there now using AI, um, obviously a continuing theme of, of innovation around AI, but using AI to um, uh, translate the accent into mm -hmm. more of a kind of American or, or English accent. 
What's your thoughts on those things? I, I, I'm a bit on the fence over, is this a good thing or is yeah. this something actually potentially quite offensive? Yeah, I, I, I share I share your view of being on the fence, to be quite honest with you. I think, yeah, look, let's let's not kid on here. We know that AI is going to play a big part in our future. We know that, that, that it's going to be there to assist us. Um, I don't feel comfortable with the suggestion that it is in any way capable of replacing a human. I think AI should be looked at and will grow into something that will be assisting to, to humans. So I, I feel uncomfortable with um, the kind of AI voice manipulation that would bring about an accent. Um, it can be done, but I think it's still got a long way to go to make it really the right solution. Um, and at this moment in time, the investment that would be required to make that solution work is far greater than coming to a fabulous location where the accent is natural. Um, and and it, it's going to deliver the service that you want for your customers. Yeah, well, there's some fantastic um, guys behind one of the solutions in particular. I was fortunate enough to meet them earlier this year, and I really I like the innovation. Mm. Um, I like the innovation around it and the the discipline of, of AI for that. You know, and you can see so, some, but some scary things are happening. You know, uh, deep fake videos where mm. you know politicians or celebrities have been deep faked and their accent and their pronunciation it's exactly as they speak and that I, I i feel like that's a slippery slope into some really dangerous use cases of ai it's troubling isn't it, it, it it's um the the challenge with uh with all of that with the 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 the, the deep video and 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 the the whole of the ai piece is people believe what they want to believe and therefore those 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 fake videos you know there's a whole community of people out there who they think that's really is what these film stars have said and done um and that that's very troubling but i think you know we have to turn that on its head and we have to think about you know ai any technology when the internet was born yeah in the hands of, of bad actors these things are always going to be dangerous yeah but for the better good of us all we shouldn't be looking for the bad side i think we need to look for what can this tech activity do what can this technology do for us how can it assist us to deliver better um and allow the people who will add who will, who will be at, behave badly behave badly because that's gonna yeah it's gonna happen in in any any area of life back to um to location for contact center and um you know the arrival of, of your company in, in kenya was there a thought process around that in terms of looking at a city or a country that was offering uh, investment support you know was that part of the play here um i wasn't there at that time but i don't believe so um uh, Sean Hamillay, who is the, the chief operating officer of OnQ, the parent company for, uh, for QSOL, um, he talks about the fact that uh, there was a, a desire to expand. They were already in Panama, they were already in India. There was a desire to look for another location, felt that Africa was the right place, and, and Kenya came about. It was at the time of the COVID pandemic, and Ooh. so um, yeah, it all kind of fell together quite nicely that that was the location um they 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 were very keen on the particular part of of kenya that they've gone to um was it it's absolutely going to have been economically favorable um i don't believe there was any incentive for yeah i just wondering whether there were other countries looking at this industry and thinking you know this is something where we can create jobs um inward investment you know careers you know there's a lot of good 
skilled, educated people and spreading out that um, that investment to make you know a great number of uh, of cities that are not necessarily um, uh, don't necessarily receive the attention and the mm. funding. Completely, you know, this is a fantastic industry to then swoop in and provide those jobs. I think it's happening. I think, yeah, particularly if you look on the African continent, um, you know, there are businesses that are already starting to move north from from the traditional base of of, of, of Durban, Cape Town, and Johannesburg. Um, and so we are seeing operations in places like Ethiopia, in in uh, in Uganda, um, Rwanda, Ghana. There are already businesses that are opening their call center operations in those places. And Northern Africa has, for some time, been a place of of real attraction. Um, Egypt um, and, and Morocco in particular are, are really quite big um, centers from a, a, an outsourcing perspective. So I think absolutely there's a real opportunity to take our industry and the BPO business and spread it across the world and bring that opportunity to work within the industry and, and to, to make a good career out of it to people in parts of the world that perhaps it would never have been considered. And the other thing I find when I travel the world looking at these places is, yeah. I think sometimes people have got a perception that some of these countries um, uh, that won't have the infrastructure or the, 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 the capability or the stability to, to manage um, clients from the, the, the more normal kind of first world countries, shall we say, UK, US, Australia and, and, and Europe as a whole. Um, and I find that's not the case. I find myself ever more astonished to the countries I go to. And it, they're just fabulous, wonderful locations with great infrastructure and and great services and you know, we, sh we should all take the time to go and see more of it. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, the worst internet service I've had all year has been at the uh, Enterprise Connect show in Orlando, Florida, where I was under one meg. So uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> flip it around the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in, terms of, uh, in terms of the, uh, the agent side, What's the process of recruiting into a new entity? Sure. How are you getting, you know, the staff in, training them? You know, we see an ever increasing, you just mentioned, you know, careers as part of this. And I think there is a bit of a shift. Uh, I'm not sure we're fully there yet, but a bit of a shift in terms of contact center being a career. Um, whereas before it was quite transient and, you know, I think there's a lot more investment into the training, education and ongoing coaching and development of call center staff now. Yeah, uh, right. So, so let me take that in reverse. Firstly, contact center and customer experience um, absolutely is a career. Um, I, I think you're absolutely correct that in years gone by, when I first came into this industry, it was probably seen as something people did on their way to finding what their real career path was. Um, I think we are a world away from that now. There are so many different avenues that people can take from starting within a contact center to every other aspect of, of business. So I think that's a great thing. In terms of um, starting and recruiting in, in a new location, well, what we found um, in Kenya is that the city we're based is a city called Nure, um, and it's a university city. And when we opened the centre first, um, we looked to recruit 350 to 370 people. Um, we had um, applications from 1,200 university graduates. Um, we will have no problem recruiting further. Um, the quality of candidate was outstanding um, and will continue to be so. Um, 
it's a uh, you know, the, these the, the countries like Kenya and other parts of Africa and and certainly even across some parts of the Caribbean and Eastern and Central Europe we're seeing all the same things um, in that the educational standard in most of these countries is just absolutely superb and is improving all the time because these countries the populations of these countries recognize the need for them to to offer so much more that they go out they get these great educations and they offer that back into into the business world um the 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 the, the recruitment is a joy to do to be quite honest with you yeah and then they're in the role you know what's q serves vision for the ongoing development training and coaching and so forth um we're, we're on q as a business prior to, to opening the subsidiary of, of q soul um their, their whole ethos has always been about promote from within um sean sean hamley often talks to me about the fact that um there's the, the the senior leadership team within the organization the c-suite of of leaders the vps in the the report into those people so the true operational leadership of that business every single one of them was started in on as an agent and has promoted See. been promoted through the business that's the ethos that we have and that's what we'll continue to develop to deliver and develop excellent um what other countries are next up on the on the wow. on the agenda <laughs> um I, I, I don't know that I want to say too much because I don't want to give away his strategy. He might not be very happy about that. Um, I equally might, might want to put some ideas in his head as to where I'd like us to go next. I've mentioned to him the idea that St. Lucia looks really, really good. Um, I don't know that that's gone down particularly well. Um, uh, yeah, I, think he, I, I think we'll wait and see. But there will be um, further locations. The ambition of OnQ um, is, um, is to reach 10,000 staff across five continents. So uh, we're, we're, we're well on our way in terms of staff numbers. Um, we're in three, three continents now. Um, so we've got two more continents to go. So watch this space, really. And is the, is the model that these are office-based roles? Is it hybrid? What's the kind of setup and, and um, the way that you're establishing the actual contact center itself? It's a great question. It's our intent in each instance uh, is to open an office-based center. Um, and to bring people into that centre on a daily basis so that we can build the culture that we want to create and, and put down that vision and ethos as we want it to be. Once that's done, and certainly it's the case in our Panama operation, once that's done, we can be more flexible about that. We, you know, Once people are on board, we're part of that Q family. Um, we talk about the Q family frequently. Um, then we're more comfortable with saying to people, hey, you know, make your work location work for you as long as it works for us. Um, but it is a team, and so we need to make sure that team has a cohesion about it, and that does mean we like to bring people into the office as much as possible. Great. Dave, we're at the end of our time, um, but we've got our um, rapid-fire round. Which Been looking I, forward to which this. Is going, which is going very well with everyone else. Um, so, big prediction for 2024 tech in the CX space. What do you think is happening? Um, I think we're going to see a great deal of... Um, consolidation across the different elements of, of contact center and CX um, software and tools. I think, you know, we're going to see more and more businesses um, that offer different components, whether it be the telephony, whether it be um, the, the unified um, communication tools of the, the integrate uh, voice 
messaging and, and video, um, and then that further integration into CRM and so on and so forth. So I think we're going to see a lot of consolidation there. Um, I think we'll see more and more wonder come from AI, but I think not quite to the extent and speed that people have anticipated, um, but quality nonetheless. And uh, what technology or CX fad are you looking forward to evaporating in 2024? <laughs> um, do you know, I, I, I'm really on the fence about the AI thing. And I think AI has got great potential. Um, but I was, I was there five, ten years ago when people started to talk about it's going to take over the world and we're all going to lose our jobs. Um, I really hope that 2024 is the year where people stop talking about that. I think let's move away from this idea that um, the, the robots are going to take over. Um, it ain't happening. Um, although I should point out to you at that, that um, I once did a presentation and I, when I first wrote the slide, I said, um, the robots will not be taking over the world. Only the typo said the robots will not be taking over the world. And so equally, I want to ensure everybody's listening to this, that there is no danger of an army of bobs, robs or robots taking over the world. That ain't happening either. <laughs> you should have run the presentation text through chat GPT. It might have corrected the spelling. Um, and then uh, left field random prediction outside of CX. What if we sit down in a year's time on this sofa in this very hall? What's the kind of random thing that you think is going to happen? Oh, 2024. Yeah. Um, outside of CX, um, I, I randomly predict that Donald Trump will not be president. Oh. And England will win the European Championships. Oh. And Liverpool will be Premier League champions again. That's three predictions. And I, uh, I dislike one of them intensely. <laughs> and that's um, as a Spurs fan. <coughs> will let you make your own choice of which one. And Dave, lastly, tell us something random about Dave Darcy that our listeners will not not know. Well, how random do people go on this? Um, people have played it quite safe, if I'm honest, so far. Okay, so I'll, <laughs> I'm going to buck the trend. I'll go straight to it. Um, something random that people don't know about Dave Darcy. Can I have two? You can have as many I, as you want. I'm going to have two, right. So the first one is um, my mother's maiden name was... Uh, Darcy before she married Mr. Darcy, my dad. Um, and they needed to get special dispensation from the Pope to get married. And uh, and so um, I, I uh, find it very difficult to explain to people sometimes that I am the nearest thing you'll find to inbred. <laughs> um, so that's one. And the second is um, my second wife, my love of my life, my wife, continues now and will continue to be my wife forever um was um my first wife's best friend and it's not as jerry springer as it sounds so people don't have to contact me and ask me about it you've definitely bucked the trend and uh, and revealed but i appreciate that and uh great to chat with you dave excellent really, really enjoyed it. what you're building in uh, in kenya with q solve sounds like a fantastic vision so good luck to you no thank you very much for the time it's been great to chat with you and uh yeah, hopefully big things for QSOL. People need just come and ask me about it. I'm happy to talk. Excellent. Thank you. And thank you for joining this episode of our CX, CX24 Trends with Dave Darcy. And we'll be back with some more wonderful episodes, wonderful guests. Tune in. As long as we have human customers, we're going to need to have human uh, advisors at some level.
it doesn't matter what the industry is. I think if we do the right thing for our vulnerable customers, we're doing the right thing for all of our customers. It's about humans having human experiences and connecting with uh, our human customers.